This is Mercy Harper, writer for Research Services at APQC. Remember to rate, review, and subscribe to APQC Podcasts on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Today, I'm here with Ashley White, Executive Director of Human Resources at APQC, to talk about check-in meetings. Welcome to the podcast, Ashley. Thank you, Mercy. Glad to be here. So before we get started, I wanted to let our listeners know that there's a link to download free check-in meeting templates in the episode description for this podcast. These are usually only available to APQC member organizations, so definitely take the opportunity to get them while you can. Um, So now let's get into it. Um, We know that check-in meetings cause a lot of anxieties for employees, but what many don't realize is there's often anxieties on the other side of the table or screen as well, um, especially if you're a new manager or a newly remote or hybrid manager. And a big reason for that anxiety is that a lot of managers don't get clear guidance on how to run check-in meetings. And that's why I invited Ashley, who has helped so many managers get up to speed with this stuff. So Ashley, my first question for you is really about starting at the very beginning. What do you think managers should do before a check-in meeting? So one of the most important things a manager can do uh, is make sure that they are prepared for the meeting. So the assumption at this point is that some series of activities or expectations have been laid out for the employee and the manager is now coming back and following up at some later interval. So two weeks, a month, two months, whatever the, the time is. So they need to go back and look at what did it, what did we agree to first? What are the expectations that have been lined out? What should I be expecting at this point in time? In other words, what are the milestones that were uh, originally established? Um, what might the employee have run into? Um, are there barriers or issues that may have come up, challenges, competing priorities? Any of those things that a manager can identify before the check-in meeting happens. Um, and then what should they be expecting to see next? So thinking through all of those uh, things before they come in. So do your homework before you walk into the meeting. Uh, The one warning I would give to managers as they prepare for these check-in meetings is don't overthink the conversation before you get into the meeting. So the tendency uh, for a lot of managers is to go and get all of that homework done and then to basically have both sides of the conversation in their own head um, and come in with a predetermined idea of how the conversation needs to go. And at that point, if the manager enters the room with the conversation already thought through in their mind, they're sort of dead in the water from the get-go. They've not really left room for the employee to come in with anything other than what they expect to hear. Um, They've really shut themselves off to a fruitful conversation happening. Um, And it will probably go exactly the way the manager envisioned it because they're just not going to give themselves any room in their head for it to go any other way. So be prepared, but don't overthink. Understand the conversation still needs to take place live and in that room um, with your pre-work being a feeder to the conversation, but not being the sum total of the conversation. Absolutely. I think, you know, even in our personal lives, when someone's coming in with a preset of assumptions about what you're going to say, that doesn't feel good. And so I think that's definitely something managers should avoid. A hundred percent. You're absolutely right. <laughs> so, um, and you talked to, I mentioned a couple of these about, uh, about goals and things like that, but what are some of the other main points that um, managers should try to hit in these check-in meetings? 
So they definitely need to make sure that they are referencing those those goals and expectations. Um, it, it's very important that once those are outlined, that unless the situation changes and they need to be revisited, um, or if an expectation is no longer realistic, uh, again, based on timelines or competing priorities, don't change what you originally lined out. It's very important to go back and look at what you already said you were going to do. Mm -hmm. uh, the quickest way to derail an employee's efforts are to change the direction on them every time you check in. And that's because you now have something new in your world as a manager. Mm -hmm. So now you're pushing them a different direction. Again, your check-in meeting is not going to go well. So I think it's very important that you're referencing those previous goals and expectations that were set. Um, the timeline is also super critical. So paying attention to what you said and the amount of time you said you thought it could be done or should be done, um, making reference to those and having them be a realistic timeline. If you didn't get it right when you first met with the employee, this check-in meeting is your time to say, okay, let's go back and look at that and figure out, are we still on track? Were we wrong when we first mm -hmm. set out these timelines and expectations? Because um, again, you don't want to just keep kicking the can down the road um, and hoping that it's all going to catch up you know, by the end. Every check-in meeting is your opportunity to recalibrate uh, what you had previously mm -hmm. said. So really focusing on the goals, the expectations, the timelines, everything that was documented, but as well, everything that is happening for the employee and for the organization outside of this one series of activities. So um, I'll give you an example. Uh, if you've got an employee working on a particular project and they have a series of deliverables that are expected at the end of a period of time and all of a sudden a pandemic hits and now their world looks different than it did before. Uh, they're dealing with things internally or externally that they didn't have before. You can't simply ignore everything going on around them and say, nope, we said we were going to have this done by 1231. We're going to keep pushing forward regardless. You have to pay attention to everything else that's going on too. Um, and giving the employee to raise those concerns, the manager being aware of what's going on in the organization. It may involve other departments. So recognizing that, you know, your employee may be involved in cross-functional activities and, and having those uh, influence the ability to, to complete these deadlines or to meet these milestones. Um, so just paying attention to everything else too, not just assuming mm -hmm. this is the one series of activities that they have on their plate. Absolutely. That makes sense. Um, so what about uh, after the, the check-in meeting? What are some of the follow-up follow -up actions that managers should take? Uh, yeah, assuming that check-in to check-in is not the only thing that's necessary. So again, if you say we're going to have our next check-in, official check-in meeting 30 days from now, you shouldn't wave bye to that employee and then not speak to them in the next 30 days. Like you should be talking to them intermittently. Um, that's what a, a good manager-employee relationship should look like. It's, you know, making sure that uh, there are those touch bases. So even if they're not the formal one hour, I'm going to go through everything with you check-in meeting, uh, pop-ins, you know, stand-up meetings, a, a quick team's note, something in the middle uh, mm -hmm. should be happening as well uh, along the way. And then a summary of what's discussed 
at each of those formal check-in meetings should go out too. That's going to make those pop-ins or those stand-up meetings really easy for a manager to do. So if you complete a check-in meeting, a formal summary that says, this is what we talked about today. These are the Mm -hmm. problems we identified. This is where we agreed we're going next. Like making sure that is always documented, gives the employee a way to refer back to it, gives the manager a way to refer back to it. And then it makes those pop-in meetings really easy. You can, you know, as a manager, simply say, hey, I noticed that we said that we are going to do this thing in the next 30 days. We're about 10 days in. Are we about 30% of the way there, 50% of the way there? How are we doing against that? It doesn't have to be super formal, but it just gives you a a conversation point uh, to reach back to and uh, check in with that employee so they feel that, you know, I'm, I'm not forgotten. I'm not out here on an island just waiting till the next check-in meeting and, you know, all the anxiety that comes with it. My manager's paying attention and they're they're keeping up with me as I go. Absolutely. I think that employees, you know, really see that as valuable to feel seen and feel like that that conversation mattered. Mm-hmm. But also, you know, for managers, uh, sometimes a barrier or opportunity that comes up in a check-in meeting isn't one that can be dealt with right then. So having that documentation and thinking, oh, okay, maybe like in a couple of months, we need to go back and revisit this. You know, mm-hmm. having that documentation there is the best way to do that. Um, so, you know, let's say that you've, you're kind of following all, you're following the template, you're following all the things that we've said here and something still isn't quite right. Uh So what are some of the red flags that show that a manager's check-in meetings are not working? Uh, well, one of the first obvious things is going to be an employee is continuing to miss the milestones. Um, you know, that that should be a, a real key red flag right there that something is going on. Uh, and at that point, the manager has to step away from their checklist of sorts, their template. Their, it, they've got to step away from the prescriptive nature of a check-in meeting and get into the art of, of managing employees. And you brought up the the barriers idea. Um, sometimes barriers are simply pass-throughs. So employees are raising concerns or barriers that are really artificial. Uh, in other words, they're not sure how to do the thing you've asked them to do. They don't have the tools necessary, but they're not sure how to ask. They're not even sure what they're supposed to be. Mm. Um, maybe they don't have the relationships with the other people in the organization that they need to help them get this thing done, and they're not sure how to form them. Um, so they may be you know, kicking the can down the road themselves uh, because they don't, they don't know. You know, they're not sure how to take that next step. So they're throwing up barriers to deflect away from um, their inability to get this thing done because they're just not really sure how to do it. So uh, that's one way to know that things aren't going well, is that these milestones are being missed and being missed and the employee is throwing up ideas of why they're not getting there and the manager isn't digging in to say, mm-hmm. tell me more about that. Um, let let me help you peel back those concerns and let's figure out what it really is. If the manager just simply says, okay, well, let me know when you get past that. Let me know when you fix that. That's going to be an issue. That's a, that's a big mm-hmm. red flag. Um, if you're if your employee seems disengaged in these check-in meetings, that's another red flag. Uh, it, again, may mean that they're not sure what to do. It may mean that they're simply not engaged in the work. It may mean that uh, they've got competing priorities and they need help with prioritization of this project. 
mm-hmm. uh, you know, you think it's top of their list, they think it's the bottom. Um, so you're you're misaligned in uh, your expectations. So if, uh, you know, body language and just reading the employee, and that can be a Teams meeting that doesn't have to be an in-person meeting in a conference room. Um, if you're an astute enough manager, you can even detect it in their voice over just a call. Mm-hmm. But recognizing when the employee is not fully engaged in those check-in meetings, uh, if they reschedule them, if they, you know, tell you they don't need to check in in between the 30 days window, mm-hmm. you know, employee behavior is going to be real indicative of, hey, there might be a problem here um, in, in getting all the way across the finish line with this project. That makes a lot of sense. It sounds like all of those kind of flags that you're you're raising point to a problem of uh, an absence of rapport, if you might put it that way, um, between the manager and the employee. Um, any what tips would you offer for managers that want to improve that? What's what's the best approach? Is it better to kind of come in with like a more of a friendly, you know, relationship building thing, or you know, sit down for a, a longer meeting and really have a heart to heart about the work? What do you find works best? Um, I think the friendship piece can be valuable, but it can be very risky at the same mm-hmm. time. Um, because again, if a manager uh, is not uh, comfortable with establishing the, the line in the sand, so to speak, that can be mm-hmm. a real dangerous place to be walking. I would say the, the best advice I can give to a manager when you have uh, a situation where you've got somebody uh, that is in a, in, a, in a project that's going to require check-ins over a long period of time is to ask, ask, and ask again. Ask lots of questions. So as the manager, don't assume that they know what you want. Don't assume that they know how to get it done. Mm. Don't assume that they know the people that they need to interact with or the tools that they need to engage with. Don't assume anything when you come in. And I think if you start it at ground zero uh, in a longer meeting, as you mentioned, that idea of a longer meeting, I think that's the way to start. Mm. Um, People learn differently. Remember, some people can hear it and internalize it and take action on it. Some people need to see it written down. I would do both. I would have the conversation. I'd have a whiteboard or a flip chart or an Excel document, whatever version of documentation you want. But I would create a visual tool as well as having the conversation with the employee because I am a visual learner. You can talk to me for an hour and a half, but if you draw me one picture, it's going to stick a lot longer. So recognizing that your way of learning may not be the same as the employee's is and just making sure you cover all your bases. So have that longer conversation and pause at each point in the conversation to check for understanding. So I'm going to draw out the first two things we're going to do. Here's here's what I think we should do. What do you think, Mr. or Mrs. Smith? How, how Do you understand what I'm doing right now? Okay, so let's talk about it. Does that seem to fit in with what you would expect for this project? Are you coming with other ideas, different assumptions, information that maybe I don't have from coworkers mm. or peers that are gonna be impacted? Um, do you know some downstream effects of these actions if we take them? Um, you know, what else What else could impact our ability to do this? Okay, get to a place of understanding. Then add the next two or three things onto it. And then same with laying out the timeline. We're going to start at this date. We're going to end at this date. Let's talk about what happens in the middle. Do you agree? Do you disagree? Just really asking a lot of questions mm-hmm. um, and not coming in with assumptions. Now, with that said, it 
is not going to be an employee-driven conversation. That's not what I'm suggesting. They don't get to come in and say, I think I'll do that in the next 18 months. And really what you're driving for is a three-month turnaround. It has to fit in with what the organization's needs are. And again, that's always the balance that managers have to have is employees' best interest and, and the organizational needs. But so come in with your rails, you know, know what has to be done. Like, even if you don't like it, as a manager, you can acknowledge it. I realize employee A, this is a really quick turnaround, but this is why we need it to be what it is. So let's back up from that hard deadline we have and work it out. If you're not in a situation like that, spend the time to really ask lots of questions so that that employee can get to a place where what you're asking them to do, they can confidently acknowledge and sign up for. Because at the end of that conversation, you need to be able to say, do we agree? Do we agree that we're going to be able to meet these expectations? Because there may be performance bonuses tied to this. There may be revenue tied to this project. There may be all kinds of other things tied to that commitment they're making. So I, I think that, in my mind, is the best way to do it. A, a well thought out, good, solid meeting, even if it takes twice as long as you'd like it to. I think the upfront planning is going to be very critical for everything else that happens after that that first meeting. Absolutely. And for our listeners, I just want to highlight what I found to be, you know, two highlights from what you just said. One is that checks for understanding. I think that, you know, you got to give people time to think through what you've just said. And mm-hmm. for some folks, that takes a little bit of time. Some people start rambling right away because they're nervous, but some people just need a little bit of a pause and to think mm-hmm. about what they're, you know, going to say. So definitely, you know, don't railroad these folks. <laughs> but then also I, I, the, the larger context of the organization, I think that, um, you know, a lack of rapport could potentially stream from not understanding, you know, where the manager's coming from with these, you know, goals and expectations that they have and using that longer meeting to really spell that out in a way that makes um, sense for the employee and um, can make those goals feel more attractive because they want to be part of helping the organization reach those goals. A hundred percent. No employee comes to work and says, today I intend to fail. Nobody does. I mean, every employee wants to be a part of something bigger than themselves and wants to be successful and wants to feel confident they know how to you know, make their manager happy, how to contribute positively to the organization. Every employee wants that. So whether we're talking about a, a day in and day out role that they're taking on or a specific project that has these milestones and check-in points, that, that understanding from the get-go and the um, I'm committed conversation has to happen. Um, and you're going to have a whole lot easier time as a manager and as an employee at those check-in meetings if the if the first meeting takes place and everybody walks away feeling confident. Doesn't mean things aren't going to pop up along the way. Doesn't mean it's going to be smooth sailing. But if everybody's on the same page from the get-go, reading the rest of the book is going to be a whole lot easier. Absolutely, it makes total sense. Um, so before we uh, before we go, um, any surprising little little tips, little do's and don'ts that you can think of for the check-in meetings themselves? Anything that managers might not think of? I'm thinking of something like uh, perhaps, you know, checking your phone during the meeting. That's that's not so nice. Ooh. Anything else like that? Or, or maybe eating your lunch during the meeting? Uh, you know, like little little things, especially that we may have forgotten now that so many of us have been working in it and having these meetings in a remote and hybrid setting. 
Uh, for sure. Two of the things you mentioned are like pet peeves for me. Um, <laughs> if, you're, if you're going to take my time, then give me yours. I mean, it's the way I think about meetings. So, um, and, and I realize, again, we don't live in a perfect world and everybody is doing business as they're walking down the vegetable aisle in the grocery store. Like our worlds are completely upside down now, but um, taking the time to commit to that conversation it is important. Um, and what I think we sometimes fail to do, not just as managers, but as human beings, is recognizing that people want to engage and feel like they're the most important thing in that moment. Mm. Um, and I think that's where a manager really has an opportunity uh, to to connect and, to, and use the word rapport, to establish or reinforce uh, that rapport with that employee by taking the time, uh, cell phone down, don't have it be a lunch meeting that automatically makes the meeting more casual when you start introducing anything other than the topic at hand. Mm. Um, you know, don't necessarily start off the meeting chitty chatting for an hour about social stuff and then say, okay, now we're going to get into the reason we're here. You've lost the person mm. at that point. You know, um, the chitty chat stuff can happen at the end. If there's time, catch up on kids and whatever. I think that's important as a manager to, to have those uh, relaxed moments with, with employee. But if you're, if you're coming into a check-in meeting, particularly in a situation, if um, the data you have suggests that the, the project is not on track, if you're coming in to deliver information that's not glowing, you really don't want to start off with anything other than, okay, let's get to the the conversation at hand and make sure that we uh, address that first. Because again, as soon as you take the meeting down to a casual tone, it's very, very hard to recover it mm. back to something else. So um, yeah, don't bring in your phone. Don't bring in your salad. <laughs> uh, don't bring in pictures from the fun event that happened over the weekend or, you know, just come in prepared to, um, to handle the task at hand. And if there's time for those moments, have them at the end. Um, but, but, but be a manager first at this point. That's that's what you need to be. Absolutely. I love that tip about not coming in with the chit chat because that I can imagine feels like a huge whiplash if it's like, oh, you know, how was your weekend? And mm -hmm. by the way. Yeah, um, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And don't be a machine. I'm not telling people to come in and say, okay, yeah. all we're going to talk about is this, you know, with a real harsh tone. But just recognizing for every minute you spend on a topic that's not the reason for the meeting it, it's probably going to take you two or three times that to get the meeting back on track. So start off on track and it'll save you a lot in the end. Absolutely. That's the treat at the end. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's the cupcake at the end of the meal. Exactly. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on the pod. Thank you. I appreciate the time. Well, once again, this is Mercy Harper. Thank you for joining us for this APQC podcast. And please remember to check out those free templates in the episode description. We definitely invite you to visit apqc.org for more information and hope you'll have a great rest of your day.